Praise God. Hallelujah. Good morning. That moment that the kids have been waiting for. To go and be with Miss Michelle. Hallelujah. Okay. Great God, our Father in Heaven. Lord, we are gathered in the name of Jesus. Lord, we've sung our praise and worship. We adore You. Lord, there are words that came through mouths, but from the heart of many in this room. Lord, the rest of this time that we have together, Lord, please be with us. Teach us, lead us, guide us, direct us. Father, give conviction where conviction needs to be given. Father, strengthen those weak knees, those, all of those weaknesses, Holy Spirit, that, that only You can strengthen. Let it be done through Your Word and let it be done because of the willing hearts and ears that are hearing and eyes that are seeing because of You. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Well, we're going to get right into the Word. Um, we'll be in, for the most part now, for many of you, and it's so good to see my friend. <laughs> um, just so that you want, if you want to, write down Galatians chapter 6 and Hebrews chapter 12. That's where most of everything that we speak about today will be coming from, Lord willing. All right? And so in the meantime, I don't want you to miss anything that's said in between. So if you just write those down, you could check me out, please. I want you, the Lord wants you to check me out later. Amen? Amen. Amen. So beginning, amen, hallelujah. So beginning in Ephesians, I'm sorry, Galatians, it's Galatians. If I said Ephesians, apologize. It's Galatians chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all especially to those who are of the household of faith. Now, my brothers and sisters, you know, immediately when I um, read that scripture, and, 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 you know, maybe you have noticed that as well, but it says that we should help each other with our burdens. Then it says that we're to, you know, in the King James, in the old King James, it uses the same word in both places, right? You know, help each other with the burden, and then it says everyone's responsible for their own burden. So I... I Really, we've got we to inspect that because that looks like it might be a contradiction and we know that there are no contradictions in his word so that means that we need to pay attention to that. In part of my study, I was led to Hebrews in uh, chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted the bloodshed striving against sin. My brothers and sisters, as I've said maybe over the last couple of times that we've been together, I mean, I, again, I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but the world is upside down. The world is jacked up. Okay? So, you know, as we try to serve the Lord and, and, and we're working and we're, you know, we're raising kids, we're going to work every day, we're, we're, we're in the middle of all of this jacked up stuff. Man, it could get weary. It could get tiresome. It is sometimes a burden. Amen? Amen. 
All right, hallelujah. We have something, you see. So I'm going to break this down if if the Lord allows. We'll continue in this and and the Lord will break it down for us. Amen? So notice back in Galatians now in 6, 1, and the first part of 2. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, again, remember that word in the King James says burden, but... Uh, And here it says, trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted, bear one another's burdens. Bear one another's burdens. Hallelujah. Okay, so now I want to, I look at that, and in the King James it says burdens, and in other translations it says burdens, in this translation it says trespass. It is basically, it's transliterated or translated from uh, this, uh, two different Greek words, so it, is, it should be you know, different to a degree. But my brothers and sisters, if you go and you look at trespass and you look at burdens, they're kind of close, but they're not really close. If you look at, and that sounded like a contradiction, but anyway, just so let me, just hear me out, all right? Uh, bear one another's burdens. So the burden, the, that word that uh, it talks about burdens is something that we'll see later on. It's really talking about something that's, uh, that's a weight. That's a, now, if you go back to trespass, trespass is speaking specifically to a sin or getting off or missing the mark or getting off the path, right? So the burden is something that's kind of uh, heavy or weighted on you. The, the trespass is something where you, you know, you're sinning. You missed the mark. You've gone off the path. Are, are, are you with me? Yes. Okay, so then let's see. And now, again, bear one another's burdens. It, in Hebrews it says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. So now in Hebrews you see there, the, the, it, it's separated, right? It's talking about the weight and the sin. The weight, that word that that's translated from, if you could picture something that, that, that you're under something that's causing you to bend down, it's, causing, it's something that's really heavy on you and it's, it's causing you to react or it's causing... Uh, are you with me? Can you hear? Man, I, I am so jacked up right now. It's everything in me to kind of control this. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin. So there the two are separated. Okay? that so easily ensnares us. My brothers and sisters, the problem that I have, that we have, is that we let some things get on us. We're growing weary because we're taking on some things that we shouldn't take on. Or we're taking on some things and we're failing to help each other. So we see our brother in this trespass, right? And, you know, instead of you know, assisting, maybe sometimes we throw a little more burden by pointing out the trespass but not being helpful. Okay, let me continue before I stay there too long. So, again, now in Galatians, uh, in the second, bear one another's burdens. In First Thessalonians 5.14, it says this, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, hold up, uphold the weak, and be patient with all. Pa- patient with how many? All. Patient with all. But do you see what this is saying? So look, it's, it's again, it speaks to what I just mentioned a moment ago. You know, we are supposed to look at someone's trespass. It's, it's, it's noticeable. You, you know, it, it, it's, it's obvious. You know, if someone's sinning against God. You know, we shouldn't ignore it because the Bible's telling us that we should go ahead and help each other with these burdens, with these trespasses. We're talking about trespasses first, and those are sins. That's when you get off the path. We're supposed to help each other with that. But at the same time, it's saying, you know, comfort those. It's not pointing it out and making them feel worse about it. They already know. So it's not, hey, you know what? You're doing this. That's wrong. Don't you feel guilty? Well, yeah, and you're just... See, when the Bible is telling us... as Now remember, this is speaking to the church. This is how we relate to each other. Right? So it's telling me, it's telling you, it's telling us, comfort those. It's saying, uphold those if that have weaknesses. Don't make it worse for them. And who? All. See, the problem, the reason why I emphasized all, yes I did, thank you Jesus, emphasized all is because sometimes we, as human beings, in our own flesh, we get selective. There are some people that we can forgive and some people that we can be comforting to and other people we just want to bring the fire down on. Now, come on now. I'm not trying to be funny here. You know what I'm saying is true. 
And it regardless, see, now remember, we're talking about people in the church right now. So, so why? Why is that? It's because of the flesh. It's because of the flesh. All right? So now let's look uh, also at James. <clears throat> Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back. See, look. Again, speaking to that first part of that word and trying to make sure that we understand that there's no contradiction here. When it's talking about you know, the trespass, when you see someone who's trespassed in that, wor- in that first word, right? In Galatians. Okay, it's speaking. They've wandered from the path. When you see that, right? What, when you, fe- you see the Bible here, we'll finish this word in a second. It turns him back. Turns him back what? To the way that he wandered from. Are you with me? Okay, so, so let's keep going. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. So now we'll see James completed. We'll complete that thought. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the, from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. So there's a couple of different things in here. I don't want to get too far off the beaten trail, but I've got to because we're living in such a day and age when the Word of God is being so corrupted. If anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, so that means you were there, right? And you wandered away from it and someone's turned you back. So that means you were there, you left it, and someone turned you back. So much for one saved, always saved. Now, I'm not trying to dance on somebody else's the- theology. I'm not trying to trample a, a, a doctrine or, or, or a denomination. I'm not. We've got to notice what the truth says. And especially now, when we're so close to the end, when he splits that sky, my brothers and sisters, if you're dancing on the greasy grace, you're going to be left behind. So what this is saying, and that's why it's so important that there are ministers, preachers, that you teach with love and care and concern so that if you do see someone that's not making the mark, they've, they've strayed or whatever, look what it says. Wanders from the truth, you turn him back. Let him know that he turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death. Save a soul from death. See, because I've been told by those other doctrines and theologies, when, that, when it talks about dying, it's just talking about the physical death. Okay, so let me be a sinner so God takes me out sooner and I could go with, and be with Him sooner. That makes absolutely no sense. So then you read a word like this, and this word is saying that we're saving the soul from death. That means the eternal. Not the physical. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then, I, I just, my brothers and sisters, this, I, I, I'm sorry. I get excited about this word, and this word is just so, it, it, to me, it's not so complicated because God is explaining it to us, right? He's not trying to keep anything secret from us. We just have to look, read, understand, and listen, want to know the truth. Hallelujah. And look what it says, and so fulfill the law of Christ. 1 Peter 4.8. Above all things, have fervent love for one another, (laughs) for love will cover a multitude of sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. Watch. The command of Christ. We've studied this in the past week so many times. We've been in and out of the same scriptures, hovering around the same scriptures. Remember John 15, 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. This is what? His commandment. So fulfill the command of Christ. So fulfill the law of Christ. How how do you do that? When you love one another. When you love someone enough to tell them, hey, can I help you? When you love someone enough, when you see them missing the mark and struggling with something, hey, how are you? Can I pray with you about anything? What can we, you know, hey, I noticed this, or hey, can I help you with anything? You know, just be gentle. Are you with me? And, and remember, when we read that first scripture, when we began, it said, gentle, be gentle. That's a fruit of the Spirit. So you need to be led by the Spirit when you're speaking to these who you love, who you love enough to obey the command of Jesus for. Love one another. Love each other enough to say something. 
but not, con- not, not con- condemning. No, love doesn't condemn. Right? All right, love. Man, I want to prop you up. I want to help you. So now back to Galatians 6 in verse 3. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone, not in another, for each one shall bear his own load. Okay, watch. You've heard me say this so many times. What this is saying is, when you're looking at someone who may be struggling, you know, don't think that you, because you don't have that same struggle, you're okay. Or you're somebody. Or you've achieved something. Okay, now I want, if anybody has heard this before from this pulpit, I want you to say amen heartily. All right? Stop comparing each other to each other. Compare yourself with Jesus. That's it. And that's what this is saying. Don't compare yourselves with one another. And then, if you're, you know, listen, Tony's not perfect. I thought I almost was going to get away with it, but now I expect someone at this altar. That hurt my feelings. That wasn't gentle. That wasn't gentle. That's not the fruit of the Spirit. No, but think about this. Listen, I'm having a little fun. That's okay. But think about this for a moment, right? I'm not perfect. Um, and, and when I help somebody, it's not because I think that I'm better than them. Right? And so then I also need to know that someone may come to me sometime, and believe me, it's happened, to tell me you know, what might be off, what they think is off. Right? And I've got to be willing to be there in that moment and accept what the will of the Lord is. Jesus. Come on. Okay. But then what happens is, my brother and sister, let me just say, then he will have rejoicing in himself alone. Right? This is, this is something that I can be joyful of. I have this fruit of the Spirit now, joy in me, and it will show outwardly because now I'm not comparing myself to uh, you know, anybody else. It's just me and Jesus. And, right? And so if I'm comparing well with Jesus, if Jesus is, come on. Now something should be able to, I sh- there should be something to develop in. In fact, when I see my brother who is slipping or stumbling or has gone by the way, there should be no rejoicing in me. Right? Okay. So it should be the opposite, shouldn't it? Okay. So I'm glad that we all agree on that. So now let's look at that little part there in Galatians 5, 6, 5. For each one shall bear his own load. Bear each other's. Right? Now bear your own. I want to remind you a little bit of, of something so that you know for context. In Romans 14, beginning in verse 10, it says this. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us give account of himself to God. Then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Each of us will give account of himself before God. And now the, the apostle right there is, is actually re-quoting from Isaiah. Isaiah, centuries and centuries and centuries before, prophesied this. And now he's saying, he, Paul, the Holy Spirit is speaking through Paul now and saying the same thing. We're all going to have to give account. We're going to have to stand before God and give account for ourselves. See, I, listen, let me just say something very oversimplified. Okay? I can't stand in front of God and say, well, God, you know, I did this, but at least I didn't do that. No, 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 I'm not trying to be funny. Are you with me? Because so many times in our human experience, that's how we gauge ourselves. Right? Remember on the, Mount of, uh, on the, on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus raised the bar for Christians. Right? I hadn't murdered anybody. Yeah, but have you had hate towards somebody? Because Jesus said, if you do, you murdered them. He raised the bar, remember? It's about the heart. It's not about always the outward activity. And by the way, the heart... What, what did he say? That's right, the heart is wicked. But out of, the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh and the body doeth. I added the body doeth because that happens. Alright, so watch. Was I mean, Tony, because my heart's imperfect, I'm going to kill somebody someday? No, but you may lash out at somebody. Come on now. Hey, thank you, Eddie. 
No, come on. Amen. I'm not trying to be funny here. This is serious business. If you are in the habit of lashing out at somebody, you've got issues. You've got issues. Come on. I'm not trying to... I'm, I, listen, I'm not trying to con- bring... Con- there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Just conviction. And this is just God saying, okay, we need to work on this. Because I'm fixing to come back soon and I want you with me. Alright? Hallelujah. So, each one will give him a, him, himself, a, give an account for himself uh, to God. Each will bear his own load, as it were. Now, re- I want to bring... Now, I'm gonna, I'm, I want to really hit this. I, I hope, Lord, help me. Hallelujah. Remember, y'all remember last week when I came to the pulpit and I said I had two messages? Okay, this was the other message. I preached that one, but this was the other message. So, if you're here today... Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. For each shall each one shall bear his own load. Back to Galatians uh, 6 5. Luke 14, 25 through 27. Part of it will be up there. Now the great multitudes went him went with him, Jesus. And he turned around and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, mother, wife, children, brother, sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. That's serious business right there. That's pretty serious stuff, isn't it? Yes. See, my brothers and sisters, you know, don't get bogged down in this life. Do I need to care about my children, my grandchildren? Yes, absolutely do. Do I need to care about all... Do I need to make sure that I'm doing the best that I can at the job that I'm at? Absolutely, I, can, I have to. Uh, should I care about my mother? Eh. Yeah, absolutely, I have to. <laughs> should, should, are you following me? Okay. Yes, should I care about my mother? In fact, as, as we read the Scripture, the Scripture tells us about our conduct and how, how we should conduct ourselves. And it says that if you're not taking care of the people of your own family, it's, a, it's sinful. You should be taking care at least of the people in your own family. Isn't, isn't that right? Somebody back me up. Did anybody else read that? My brothers and sisters, all of these things are part of being a Christian. However, what we cannot do is let those things weigh us down and separate us from following Jesus. Because that can happen. Right? That's what Jesus is saying. Does Jesus literally mean to hate your family? Of course not. We know that. But, listen, if he calls you to go and do something, you can't let your family, you need to be able to be in that position where he is above all and he means everything to me. That's what he's saying. Now, y'all can get mad at me if you want to, and you could think that maybe that's really not what Jesus meant. Tony's taking it out. Read it, and you tell me what it means. It means that. Well, see, Jesus is this, or Jesus is that. Jesus is God. That's what He is. Jesus is all-loving, all-knowing. He is the truth. And He wouldn't call you or I to, to something that would be detrimental to me or to the people around me. I have to trust that. That's hard to do sometimes, isn't it? It absolutely is. It absolutely is. So now let's remember where we were in Hebrews. Well, let's go back to Hebrews now, because remember, we're going Galatians, Hebrews, and then some of these in between to, to get more of, of an understanding so that you know Tony's not teaching you his word. Tony's teaching you the word. So let's go back to Hebrews 12. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let me, let me throw this at you. The weight... If anyone comes to me and does not hate his mother, father or mother, you know what? Sometimes, I'm going to confess to you, and maybe that's why people lose respect and they're not here. I'm telling you. I, I have a burden on me most of the time, and I've, I've fought this battle practically for my whole Christian existence, and even now still to a degree, but I'm learning a little bit more uh, how to let it go, but it's tough. My concern has always been for two things. My family and my church. My family, you know, my wife obviously, but my children, and I'm, I know I saw it, my children and my grandchildren. Now, I don't want to make my grandchildren who are in this room uncomfortable, but you know how I feel about you. And, but all, all, and now my church. That means you all and, and your children and your grandchildren. Some of them who used to be here but are not here any longer. It breaks my heart. And this becomes a burden on me because I start having these thoughts. 
And now all of a sudden, I'm spending my time kind of halfway heartbroken because, you know, are my grandchildren, uh, are they on the right path? Where are my grandchildren seeing? Where are they listening to? And I know they have parents. Okay, so what about, what about the parents? Are they doing everything? You know, and I'm not trying to demean my children or Mitch, my son, my, my son Tony, my, 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 my daughter Angela, my daughter Rachel. I'm not trying to in any way in, in, infer that they're less than walking with God. Not at all. But as a parent, you're all, I'm concerned about these things because I know what's fixing to happen. I want to make sure that when he splits the sky, when he, listen, the sound of the trumpet, he's going to call out your name. My children know me and they know my voice. When he cries out, it's going to be the, the voice of the archangel, but it's going to be, Tony! Mitch! I want to make sure that you all, my family, but see, this has been a burden. So when Jesus is saying these things, now I, I understand what he's saying. These things could get in the way of the walk. The re- Now watch, I got to go here. Uh, okay and whoever does not bear his cross see is that my kids no see somebody well we all have our cross to bear that's become like a what's the word I'm looking for help me out cliche thank you so much that's become like a cliche we all have our cross to bear no listen know what this is every Christian has a cross to bear so when you look at this, what, what am I looking for? Well, here's, here's what I'm looking for. In, in Hebrews, look what it says. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Watch this. Despising the shame. See, the cross, that flesh, was, that flesh had to be sacrificed. So you and I are in that process. We're sacrificing our flesh. We're supposed to die to ourselves, right? And then live for him. Baptism, a couple weeks ago, remember? You know, buried with him in baptism, raised to live in the newness of life, right? So, so now, not only that, there, there becomes this, he says, carrying the cross, not just dying on the cross, it says we're, we're to carry, daily, daily. Wait, wait a minute. Remember, Jesus was, they had to carry the cross to the place that they were being executed. That was part of the punishment. Do you know that? Okay, so what is he saying? God wants us punished? No. But there's this sacrifice that's involved. There's this thing that's involved. And, and it's showing here that Jesus had to endure this shame. And in fact, Jesus was beaten so mercilessly before he carried the cross, he passed out. He, he fell on the way there. They had to get somebody else to carry it the rest, rest of the way because he endured such torture, was already bleeding profusely, was already beat beyond recognition. And so now he's trying to carry this cross to Golgotha and then, and then he falls out. Remember? They had to get somebody else to carry it the rest of the way. But he's telling you and me, you need to be prepared for what? Carry this cross. You know, okay, I died to myself, I'm born again, everything is sunshine and lollipops now. No! He's saying you have to be prepared to carry this cross. Why? There's going to be some shame involved. See, there's going to be people around you that are going to make fun at you. There's going to be people around you to try to make it harder for you, especially in this day and age. The government, harder for you. Institutions, harder for you. They don't even, listen, they don't even pay attention to our Constitution anymore. They don't even pay attention to their own laws. They're going to pay attention to gospel, huh? Of course not. So we need to endure that. We need to, we need to understand something here. When we're carrying this cross, it's, it's, there's, it's going to be painful. There's going to be some... See now, <laughs> poor Michelle. She has to hear the message before you do. <laughs> so yesterday as I'm considering all of this and I'm saying this to her, and I said, you know, and, and our, our children and the kids, she's saying, listen, here's part of the problem. I don't think she meant with me. She said, when young people hear this stuff, they're not going to say, Amen. And that's true. There's no question about it. But I want to think, so those of us in the room who are older, okay, remember when we were kids, now when I was young, young, I wasn't born again. My family, I, I keep telling you this, my family raised me with morality. I mean, there was a high degree of morality, but... And to do what's right, uh, you know, everybody's the same, regardless of skin color. I mean, just everything. They were trying to make me do the right thing as, as they knew it. And they, my mom and dad did a good job. My dad did. My mom, I don't know. No, my, my mom and dad did a good job. But, but listen, hear, hear me. 
hear me. I only did that so that she'd pay attention. <laughs> but, but hear me, listen. Listen. But even then, right, before I was born again, there were certain things. I mean, I, I wanted to have certain shoes, right? I wanted, I wanted those Pumas that uh, Walt Frazier, remember Walt Clyde Frazier? Does anybody in here remember beside me? Thank God we've got some older people. Thank you. Thank God we some older people. Man, and he wore those pumas. And I remember they called, and I've, you've heard me refer to this before, but this is one of those memories that just sticks with me. He, man, those, those uh, shoes cost 21 bucks. Back then, that was a lot of money. Oh, man, you, you ain't getting no $21 sneakers. So what? Wait. So, but, 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 but there was always that little bit of a, a pressure associated with growing up. So young people, listen. Some of the pressure that you experience outside of being Christianity, I mean, it's natural, it's normal, but you're going to get a little bit more once you get born again. But look, that means that you're doing it right. Because Jesus is saying that to us. You've got to be in that. But here's the thing, you're not alone. Amen. You're not alone. Yes. You are not alone. Amen. And it doesn't matter what, who, what anybody says to you. What matters is what God says. Oh, it's easy for you to say, Pastor Tony, because you're not in that classroom with, you know, 30 other kids that all believe something different and a teacher that's spouting something else. No, no, no. I I agree with you. It might be a little bit easier in certain circumstances and situations for me. But here's what I do know. You are not alone. It's not 30 against one. It's two. And that other one that's with you is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And look at... You may have to endure and carry that cross right now, but at the end, when you stand before him, he's going to say, come on in. You were faithful in a few things. I'm going to make you rule over many. Those other people right now that are giving you a hard time, if, unless they get born again, he's going to ask them to account. And one of the things that they're going to have to account for is the, the mess that they put you through. Amen. Now, it's not for us to wish that upon them, right? What it is is we should be praying for them. Amen. And that's also what Jesus taught us, to pray for those Pray for your enemy, right? And in doing so, now they're going to have to, God is going to try to bring conviction on them or condemnation. It's going to be their choice. Are you with me? Okay, so that's what this is all about. So young people, I'm, I'm not trying to rain on your parade, and I'm trying, but you know, that's what Michelle said. Well, the, you know, when you say that young people, I'm just telling you, my brothers and sisters, this thing wasn't something that just happened. You know, all of a sudden, or just because Jesus came. This thing happened from the beginning. Amen? All right, so watch. We have this burden, whether, like I described to you, the family outside, but uh, the burden is because that we're in a spiritual battle. Okay? Let me, let me just read to you a little bit, and please just follow me a little bit. <clears throat> in Genesis 3.15, after Adam and Eve fell... And God caught them and started to talk to them. And he pronounced the curse. He went to the enemy and this is what he said. I will put enmity. This is uh, Genesis 3.15. I will put enmity between you and the woman. There's going to be opposition. And between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head. You shall bruise his heel. When we resist the temptation, we are bruising his head. See, now this is speaking specifically of Jesus, right? All right? So now, I'm telling you, Jesus' heel was bruised when he was on the cross. But he rose again, see? The, the enemy of, of our soul overplayed his hand. And so he, was, he, he, he rose again, you see? And so now watch. We all are alive in Christ. So, listen. We're, we're to carry our cross. The enemy of your soul is bringing opposition. You're automatically, if you're a Christian, you're in automatic opposition to the enemy. If you're not a Christian, go ahead and live your life. I mean, it, it, you know, it's just by living in this world, there are ups and downs. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Christians are the only ones that see the adversity or, or, or go through things. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying to you is, automatically, spiritually, there, you are at enmity with the enemy of your soul, with the prince and the power of the air. Everybody knows... Oh, Tony, I didn't need to come on a Sunday all the way over here just to hear that. I knew that. Who didn't know that? Everybody knows it. But, it's the, but it, here's the thing. It happened then. And it hasn't stopped. And it won't stop until God stops it. Now, Jesus gave us victory over that. We have to walk in it. Remember power and authority from last week? He has given us 
power and authority. Remember what he said? To, to, to walk on serpents? And, didn't he say that? And scorpions? Didn't he say that? Doesn't that line up with this? See, when the enemy tries to bring something for you or to you to get you to sway, to get you to trespass, you have power and authority to stomp him, to bruise his head. And, and when you resist, you're bruising his head. Listen, when something comes up against you, that doesn't mean you're in sin. When something comes up against you, it's an opportunity to kick sin out the door. All right? All right, I'm glad you all understand that. So now remember in 2 Corinthians 10, we, and this is a place that we've been very frequently, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So well, let me ask you something. Do you believe that? Okay, anybody that's watching or listening, if you believe that, then why do we keep trying to fight the battle in the flesh? Why do we keep trying to manipulate and manage the situation? It's a spiritual thing. No, you don't know. This person, that person, this person, that person. They're either operating under one of two conditions, either with the enemy or with Jesus. And it's spiritual. Alright? Okay, so now watch. Well, because they're with the enemy, that gives me the opportunity to be mean to them. No. You can win them over to the light side. Because remember, you were in darkness too. Amen. <laughs> or, or did you forget? You were in darkness as well. So it doesn't give you the right to hate them. It doesn't give you the right to, to mistreat them. It doesn't give you the right to get in a shouting match or duke it out with them. No. You have to pray for them. You have to do what Jesus would do. Amen? Amen? All right. So now look at uh, Timothy with me, Second Timothy. And this is the thing, again, I, I want to say to anybody and everybody, but especially young people, in 2 Timothy 3, 12 and 13, yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse. What? Worse and worse. What? Worse and worse. It's not getting better, is it? The lies are getting, I mean, it, deceiving and being deceived. So watch. Let me go back. All who desire to live godly will suffer persecution. How many? All. All. Again, so I know you young people, you're all excited. Oh, man! No, listen. This is the deal. Remember. Yeah, there's, you're going to suffer some persecution. But you're also going to be in this greater glory. You're part of this greater glory. Hallelujah. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse. It is. We're there. I mean, it, 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 now when they... And it says deceiving and being deceived. My brothers and sisters, these folks, some of the folks that are telling us what to think, what to believe, how to walk, what to do, I don't think either they're just plain stupid or they're so deceived themselves. Because, listen, they'll say one thing now, it's on film and it's recorded, and then months later say something totally opposite. And I'm not talking about Dr. Fauci, so don't go there. I'm just, what I'm saying though is they'll say something totally opposite. Like they never said it before. And then we just supposed to follow along. My brothers and sisters, this is that's scriptural. We're living this scripture right now. He's coming back soon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now, Tony, if you can for me, I'm going to throw you a little curveball. Go back up to uh, Hebrews 12. Thank you very much. <clears throat> Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. God has a will for us. God has planned our, our, our steps. God has called us and he's, He has this race mapped out for us. A perfect plan for our lives. So the burdens come sometimes because they're, they're self-inflicted. They're self-inflicted. What happens is, God has this race laid out for me. I'm born again, but now something gets a little bit hard for me, and so I stop carrying the cross, and I try to go take a path that's less resistant. And so when I take that path that's less resistant, uh-oh, that's why I need my brother or my sister to tell me, hey, you, you wandered off the path a little bit, right? Right? But so some of this, so, so this, and but now I take this, this path that's not the path that he led me to. So initially, now I'm, I may find myself in trespass, in sin, 
But then what, does, what else does that lead to? You know, on that path, you know, now all of a sudden, uh, things start happening bad uh, because I'm no longer walking in the, on the path that He's called me to. I'm following a different path. So now some bad things start happening in my life. Well, you know, if God was for me, then, you know, and so then I start speaking negative. I start speaking those things. Oh, come on. I love it. I love you guys. And I love those of you who are not afraid to say amen. Because it's happened to all of us a time or two, hasn't it? Let's be honest. When I was a younger Christian, I've, t- I've shared this with you many times. When I was a younger Christian and something bad happened, I would say, God, this is not supposed to happen. When my kids got sick, when they were babies, and me and Michelle are, are serving God the best we know how to serve them, and my babies got sick, I took it seriously. And I'm saying, God, this isn't supposed to happen. I love you. Michelle loves you. We're serving you. This is not supposed to happen. Who said? I remember, and I've shared this with you, I've prayed on my son specifically, and I said, Lord, if he's sick right now because of something I did, let me get sick. Guess what happened? I got sick. Do I think God made him get sick? No. Do I think God used that moment for him to tell me something is not where it should be in your life, Tony? So all of a sudden, I started self-examining like the Bible tells me that I should. Now, understand, I was still a young Christian then, but it doesn't matter. And now that was part of my learning. Now I know, don't say that no more. See, now you're laughing, but it's true. It's true. Don't, don't speak those things. Don't speak things into existence. Well, that, well, I'm not Norman Vincent Peale. I'm not saying I've got the power of positive thinking and all that. That's all mumbo-jumbo. If it doesn't line up with God's Word, forget about it. I'm telling you, I can make positive things happen when I'm... Listen when I'm acting according to His will. I can make negative things happen readily. Why? Because it's already here. It is the prince and the power of the air. It is what it is right here, right now. So if I speak it, that negative stuff's going to happen too. It's already here. The enemy of your soul and mine, we're at enmity automatically with him. So he's just waiting for us to destroy. What does it say? Uh, the, The enemy of your soul is as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He cometh but to kill, steal, and destroy. Make no mistake about it. The enemy of your soul wants to destroy God's image, which, by the way, you were created in. So my brothers and sisters, why do I even give Him thought? Why do we even give Him place? I'm not going to say that negative. I'm going to try my best. I'll be honest with you. There's some times where i got to just catch it. Man, yesterday somebody got on... uh, It's when I drive. I mean... I need to give up driving because I get in the flesh too much when I drive like this. See, we're laughing, but it's wrong. And here I am confessing before my brothers and sisters. Now, wonder why I can't fill the church. I'm, I'm confessing before my brothers and sisters. No, I mean, I'm driving down the road doing the speed limit, and there's somebody right on my bumper. I mean, right on it. And I'm thinking, oh, come on now. Now, the old Tony, the flesh, wants to hit the brake one time, baby, and watch that person's eyes go, Aah! Is that right? No. No. Hey, stop. Don't even go there. Listen. Now, listen, I'm bringing up a silly example, but you understand what I'm saying to you, right? Yes. Now, if I, want, if I, I don't want to speak any more on that. You, you just, my brothers and sisters, listen. We need to be guided by the Spirit and do things according to light, not according to darkness. And listen, if we have the thought... We also have the power to take into captivity every thought. Measure it against this. It doesn't line up, throw it out. Don't continue to meditate on it. Okay, very simply. Okay? So now, watch. We have this, this race that God has ordained for us to run. Now, if you believe that, does anybody believe that? That God knew your days before you lived it? Now, if you believe that, so now what? He, you have this race that He's called you to run. But look what it says. Keeping our eyes on Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. Right? So now watch. If I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus, now all of a sudden, He's my focus. Okay? Now, again, that doesn't mean I'm not stupid and I'm not trying to say, no, it's just like having tunnel vision. You don't see, you're not aware of anything else. No, we're aware of these other things, but the focus still is on Him. 
So now all of these other things that I have to, that, that come up against me, all these other things that I have to live through, uh, college, high school, middle school, jobs, raising children, of making money enough to support your family, all of these things that I have to live through, if I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus and I'm running this race that he's laid before me, listen, there's gonna, it's going to involve, watch, it's going to involve carrying a cross. There's going to be some shame. There's going to be people that are going to try to shame me. There's going to be people that say, listen, you're intolerant. There's going to be people say, well, you're a racist. There's going to be people that tell me, you're this, you're that, you're the other thing, because bring it. I just know this. Amen? Amen. Okay, so now, listen, there's this race that's set before me. I'm going, I've got power and authority, so as the enemy is bringing that shame, as I'm carrying... See, that's what that means, though, my brothers and sisters. I, I, I know I might be stuck on this. I want to push on this just a little bit. Listen, when you're carrying the cross, that's why he, I, I really believe firmly in my heart that he's telling you there's going to be some stuff that you're going to have to endure. Yes. So if you know it going in, see, that's why I want, I want the young people to know. I'm not, Jesus never promised you that everything's going to be exactly the way you want it. And see, that's the problem when we're young people, and even us older people, let me, t- let me tell the truth, even us older people, we have an idea of what it should be like, or we know that what we want. And when it doesn't turn out that way, we either get disappointed, get moody, sullen, or whatever the case may be, and then, well, that don't work. Or, you know, I'm going to go pout, or I'm going to go do this. And that doesn't, no. You know that this, God has a plan for you. Follow Jesus. Keep your eyes on Him. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. You're going to make the finish line, and you're going to stand before God, and He's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. See, that's the goal. Right? Do we agree? So no matter how old you are, well, Tony, of course you believe that way. Look at all that gray hair you got. You're at the end of your life. I'm just in the middle. First of all, I'm not that old. Second of all, listen, none of us really know how much time we have. None of us. Right? So I want, to, I want to take this, I want to chew on this, I want to get it down on the inside of me, and I was, okay, Lord, now tell me, where am I going? So, so we have all of these burdens on us. The burden, remember, the burden, it's not self-inflicted. This was inflicted on us by our brother Adam. Yes. We have the burden because we're at enmity. We're born into warfare. When you're born again, you're born into warfare. Okay? And, and, and then the other thing, it's self-inflicted. What about the bad decisions that I make? Right? I'm going to decide. Listen, I'm going to say this one, and I know people are going to get mad at me, but I- I've decided that I'm, I'm very, very, I mean, I'm not going to perform any more weddings. And the reason why is uh, people come to me, they, they go through the counseling, and then they don't know, and they're, they're not truthful. And so then you end up marrying people that are uh, unequally yoked. And, I, and I, you know, or people that shouldn't be together, or whatever the case may be. I, I'm, I'm done with that. Now, I, you know, I'm not going to stand here and say, I'm never ever going to do it again. I mean, there may be exceptions for my grandkids. I'm just teasing. There, I'm saying there may be, you know, a time when the Lord leads me into something else. But in this moment, I mean, I, I don't want... I had someone ask me recently, uh, you know, someone who's an acquaintance, who's supposed to be a Christian, but I know they're not. And so I had to say no, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And I can't do that. And so look, at, it's it, it's it, why? Because my brothers and sisters, when you listen, when you get unequally yoked, you're making a bad decision. That's not the course that Jesus has called you to be on. So now you're putting burden on yourself. Why? Because if that person is not born again, and you say, "Well, I'm going to change them," no, you're not. You're not. And then it's going to be more a burden on you. And then when you start having children, and then you're starting to raise children, and there's more tension on the marriage, there's more tension in the home. Why? Because you know that. Raising children is not easy. And then you have more financial burden and obligations. It's not easy, is it? That's why young people, I'm, I'm saying to you, the decisions that you make now are critical and crucial. Save yourself for that special person. 
Oh, why do you have to go there? Because right now, my brothers, it's ridiculous. God said that is the course that He has for all of our lives. And just because someone else has made a mockery of that, that doesn't mean anything. I hear Christians that say abortion is okay in in the cases of this case, that case, the other case. That's a bad decision. Think about this. There's a reason why now that they're calling it reproductive rights. Why? Because that sounds better. But think about this. If abortion was about reproductive rights, why are you killing somebody? That's not reproduction. That's the opposite of reproduction. Now, I'm not trying to be political. I'm just telling you a truth. Oh, come on. Somebody, don't look at me like that. Think about that. Think about what I'm trying to teach you here. Think about what the Holy Spirit is saying. That the words may be used to dress something up to make it sound better than it actually is. So much so that people, listen, there are deceivers, right? That are deceiving people in the church. So, so what are our young people supposed to think? Now there are even some churches that say, well, that's okay. No, let's just see what God has to say about it. Right? Now watch. God says that He knew you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. He says that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah, but if something's a violent act and it happens that way and all that, well, if it's life, it's life, no matter how it came to be. So here's what you do. You go ahead and you give the baby up for adoption and let that baby grow up with parents who absolutely are looking for someone to love and raise in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Now, I don't know why I went there. Maybe somebody needs to hear it on the internet, but I'm just telling you, my brothers and sisters, it's time that we stood up for the Word of God. And so that our children stop being confused because now it's okay, but then it's not. Or, you know, now it's not okay, but then it is okay. No! This is the Word of God. And if if God is saying to you that He's mapped out a plan for you, and that he knew you before you were in your mother's womb, then how can we say that it's okay to kill somebody when they're in their mother's womb? Then it would be a contradiction. Yes. So that's why I'm saying to young people, to old people, to everybody in the middle, my brothers and sisters, God loves you, he has a plan for you, and he's telling you to run with endurance this race that is set before you, and he's telling you endurance. Why? Because you need it. Because he knows it's going to be hard. There's going to be some things that happen. So why complicate it by making bad decisions and bad choices? So young people, I'm going to say to you again. Listen. Don't drink. Don't smoke dope. Don't take any drug. Why? You don't know whether you have a propensity for that or not. You don't know whether chemically in your body you're going to become addicted that quick. You don't know what's going to happen. And it's going to tear your life apart. Does that mean Jesus is going to stop loving you? No. He'll love you, he'll love you, he'll love you. But my brothers and sisters, why do you need to go ahead and have that burden, that added burden on you? Young brothers, young sisters, older people, the same thing. Why do we continue to make these bad decisions? Why do we continue to allow things in our homes and, we th- and we're raising kids but we allow certain things in our homes or we let our kids see us go out and do certain things and then we think that they're not going to do it? Or we compromise and then we tell our kids not to compromise. You know, it's a silly thing that I've shared with you before. When my father and mother were trying to raise me right, my, they, uh, my father smoked. And, he, and then he smoking, and I'm getting, I, I don't know how old I was, maybe late grade school, I don't know. You, hey, you smoke and I'll kill you as he's smoking. No, I'm, I'm serious. I, I'll, no, it wasn't I'll kill you. Here's what he said. It, I, this is exact. If you smoke, I'll bust your head. My mother was a little more wise about it. And I'm not just saying that because she's here, but when I say this, you'll know. My mother knew I wanted to be an athlete. So what she said is, listen, if you you want to be an athlete, you can't smoke or drink or do anything like that because that'll hurt you, and the athletes don't do that. No, No athletes don't do that. Until I saw Mickey Mantle with a cigarette in his mouth. That totally destroyed that. Thought you were smart, didn't you? Then I told you, but, but do you understand what I'm saying to you? So look at you can't say to your children and those of us who are trying to teach other people, we can't say on the one hand, don't compromise or don't do these things, but then our life is filled with compromise. Yes. And then we're putting these burdens on us. And then when we go to, you know what? It's, 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 just, it's just crazy. Now listen, I'm not saying, and me and Mitch were having a talk on the way here. It's like I told him, and, and he still came, thank God. <laughs> I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect, but we're striving to be perfect. 
We can't get, ever get to the place and say that I'm good, it, this is good enough. I'm so far better than I used to be. You know, you can remember, don't compare each other with each other and don't compare it yourself to what you used to be. Amen. Right? Yes. Okay. Compare yourself with Jesus. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. The author and the finisher of our faith. Right? Right? Listen, for the joy that was set before him, he continued to run his race. He had a course that was set for him. Remember in the garden? He knew how... Remember the load? Oh, this is... I'm, thank you, Holy Spirit. Think about this. He's in the garden. This burden is so great that he's on his face praying, sweating blood. And, and physically, that's, that's able to happen. So he's literally sweating drops of blood because he's feeling this, such this intense burden. But remember what he said. Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, your will be done, not mine. See, my brothers and sisters, that burden, what? He had to, that, was, that was part of carrying that cross. There's going to be something that's involved in our lives that's not going to be pleasant, that we're going to have to endure. But... The author and finisher of our faith has already won. He's already beat everything that you can ever go through. He's already beat it. So you just got to follow Him. Hallelujah. We get to run this race knowing that we won. We got to finish the race. You got to finish the race. Hallelujah. So I'm going to go ahead and just read a little more. Can you bear with me just a little bit? So we're going back to Galatians now. We left off in verse 5. For each one shall bear his own burden. Now verse 6. Let him who taught... Wait, wait, wait. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. I was going to leave this out, but I want to take this opportunity. What this is saying is, for those ministers and teachers of that day, you, know, you should share your goods and possessions. You take care of them, right? So I'm not asking for that. Michelle and I are blessed by God. We don't need for you to... You know, bless us in any way. But here's what I'm asking as one who teaches. Be here. Be here. Pay attention. Don't act like you're disinterested. If you're not interested, then don't be here. But be here. Don't get up 15 times. That's an exaggeration, I forgive me. (laughs) Don't get up a bunch of times. Don't keep looking at the watch. You 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 may make the early game, you may not. So what? You're not going to beat the Baptist to lunch, I'm telling you that right now. (laughs) But, but my brothers and sisters, listen to me. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, this, listen to me. This, if you want to bless those who, who, who are the teachers, that's how you can bless me. And you know how else you can bless me? Praise God. Praise Jesus. Sing your... You know, give a testimony. You know what? Jesus did this for me. Or I'm praising God right now because, you know, whatever he's doing in your life. That blesses me. You want to bless your teacher? That's how you could bless me. Amen? I don't need any of your goods, any of your possessions. I don't need you to send money or do any of that stuff. Nothing. Just bless the Lord. Amen? Amen. All right. So do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he also will reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit of the Spirit will reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. So here's the, here's the deal. Remember where we started. We're living in this cruel, cold, stinky world. The world is upside down. It's jacked up. Every, you know, we've got all of these things. We're getting tired. I, I, wish I, could, I wish I had a dollar for every time I've heard somebody say to me, man, I just can't do this anymore, or this is crushing me. I, you know, are, are, you where, are you there? Man, it's, it's tough. Not grow weary in well-doing. Well, what's he saying? What, what's part of our well? Man, first we got to sow to the Spirit. We got to do the things that we're led to do according to the Spirit of God, and not listen, not sow to the flesh, not continue to my brothers and sisters to look to impress people or to let's see, get on the good side of people uh, who are of the world who can maybe bless us. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, really be a uh, you know kind of one of those guys who is always in front of the boss, smiling and you know yeah, always telling them how great he is because then I want the raise or I want this, I want to get in good with people or whatever. No. I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to be pleasant. I work every day as I'm working unto the Lord. If I don't like it and I can't stand it, instead of bap, 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 doing the negative talk, I'm going to go get another job. That's just one area, right? right. But look at all of the other things. Young people, the same thing. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, gonna, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to try and do this thing behind my mother and father's back because I know it's not quite, but everybody else says it's good. Well, if your mother and father said it's not good, then it's not good. 
Okay, you're still going to have to answer to them. And ultimately, you're going to have to answer to God. Okay? So, watch. All of us have those areas where the flesh and what's natural to us, our body, wants to do certain things and we just can't do it. And if we're sowing into that, if we're going ahead and we're giving into those things, that's more of a burden and more separation. Right? So you're going to reap corruption. You're sowing, right? You're sowing this seed according to your old nature and you think that you're going to get spiritual results? I mean, good spiritual results? You know, I've got this problem, but I know how to fix it. Okay. Why don't we ask God to intervene? Ask God how you should go about fixing this. Right? So your natural man, your own wisdom may say, do this. But if you really search the Scriptures, read and get along with God, maybe the Spirit of God will tell you to do something else. Whose wisdom are you going to trust? Your own or God's? See, now we, we say that quick, didn't we? Right? I would trust God's, right? But wait a minute. How many times do we actually do it? Right? And I'm not, again, there's therefore not, I'm not trying to point fingers at anybody. I'm saying us. How about us? When we're in the middle of those situations and it'd be so easy for us to go ahead and go along with what we know, what we think, how we feel. And we're, after all, we're educated, we're smart, and there are educated people and smart in this room. High degrees of intellects in this room. No question about it. But again, remember, because we've been all over these scriptures, my brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter how smart you are, doesn't matter how high your IQ is, doesn't matter how many letters you have before or after your name, none of that matters. Because, listen, the wisdom of man is foolishness to God. So I'm going to go after God. Right? That's, what, that's where we need to be. Isn't, isn't that right? Okay. All right. So stop that. Let's just stop. We want to sow to the Spirit, sow to the spiritual things, and we're going to reap those things that are involved with everlasting life. Watch. When we're so, saying, let us not grow weary in doing the right thing. Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So we're sowing some, right? But then we're not seeing the harvest like we expected. So now we... Point, you know, we plan A, plan B, plan C. We're doing some other things now because we're getting a little bit tired. So we start, no, no, no. We've got to trust God because of, of what that word says. In due season, God knows exactly the season when He wants that, whatever that fruit is, to be brought forth. He knows exactly the right time. But we can't, what, what does he say? What does he say? Don't faint. Run with endurance that course that's set before you. Stop trying to fix it yourself, no matter how good your intentions are. Stop trying to fix it yourself. Run the race that Jesus has set before you. Amen? So now watch. I want to end this really, really good. Watch. Jesus said this to, in Matthew 11, and we're all familiar with this. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Hallelujah. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Oh man, that ministers to me. See, you're not in this alone. Yeah, you're going to suffer some stuff, some bumps and bruises, but you've got to follow him because he's already defeated everything that's trying to drag you down right now. Amen? Amen? Stand with me, please. Praise team can come up. I, I... Very simply... First, I want to speak to folks that maybe don't totally understand. And maybe you don't understand because you're not fully born again. You know, maybe you've heard some of these things, but you, you know, you've never really put them to practice. You never got to that point where you went to the foot of the cross and said, Jesus, I love you. I know that I stink and I need to go another way. So please help me. I repent. That means I change my mind based on what I see based on what I've heard, based on your word, and now I want you to help me. 
Amen? I want to live this life. I want to run your race. If that's you, don't leave this place. And if you're watching or listening, please do not leave. Not, don't waste another minute. Amen. Understand that Jesus was perfect. He's called us to live in Him. And He's given us the means by which to do it. Go to Him. Repent. Accept His propitiation, His payment for your sin, and follow Him. Amen? Amen. Now, for those of us who have followed Him for a little bit, but we find ourselves in the middle, we find ourselves in the middle of some situations. Whether you're young or old, it doesn't matter. You've gotten a little weary. Man, some 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 things have happened. Some things have happened, and you know it's it's either it's made you sad, made you mad, kind of tweaked you. In this message, Jesus spoke to you. You're supposed to have these situations because you're living in a cursed world right now. But greater is He who is in you than He who is in the world. He's given you authority and power. We just have to walk in it. We can't walk in it running our own course. So, if that's you, you got off course, then while we're singing, let's pray together. If you've made a mistake and you've gone a different way, or how about this, man, you've been praying, you've, you're, you've, you've got in the middle of trying, your, your intentions are great. And you've been trying to affect this situation because you want to help people or you want to do this or you, you know that this, this cause is, is of God but you're just going about it in your own strength. Man, come up here and give it to God. Would you please? Come up and give it to God. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. When you make that statement of faith and come up here and give it to God, He will meet you. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's sing and let's allow each other a little room. Let's allow each other you know, a little ministry. You know, you might have to pray with someone. You may have to pray for someone. Are you there? Okay, so let's sing.